This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. The championship season was back on Saturday. We started the campaign with a 0-0 draw to Birmingham City. Makes a change after the 8-0 thrashing last season on aggregate. But today we go back through the events of Saturday before looking ahead to Burnley and then Newport in the Cup. We also discuss latest on the signings front of two new additions coming in in the form of John McAtee and Arabin Peppel. Today here on the call I'm joined by Jamie Castle, Stephen Day and Ian Robertson of We Are Luton Town. Start with you Jamie, how are you getting on mate? Yeah I'm good thank you, it's nice to talk about some actual meaningful football again. Uh, It sort of seemed like a while but but also it's flown by so now it's good. What about you, Stephen? Long time no see us too. We just haven't been we haven't been seeing each other on these calls recently. Yeah, no, I'm all good. Happy to be back. Uh, just work commitments and everything. So yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, really happy to be back on here and and excited to talk well talk about Birmingham and and talk about new signings. And Ian, two times in in a week, really. It's uh, it's happening again. You're on the, on the call again. Honour and a privilege. Uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, obviously, a lot has happened since Saturday, and it with signings and obviously the the post match of of Saturday. But yeah, so there's a lot to go through. Yeah, as we say, the championship season is back. We're also looking at cup action as we host Newport a week on Tuesday. No, a week. It's not even a week anymore. It's the next Tuesday. Wow, I am out of contact with the world. It has been a manic <laughs> few days, uh, of course. <laughs> Luton playing back. It's it's been a, a great few days, but as we say, there, there's been a lot that's happened since. A lot that's happened through the post match, so a lot to dissect. 
First things first, we'll go to the Birmingham game. As we said before, last season on aggregate, it was 8-0. So taking the positives, 0-0, it's a step in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, just like I tweeted after the game, we are, we are plus one point on, on last season. So um, Nathan was talking about trying to make progress year on year before the game. And I think a new draw against Birmingham is, is that, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, yeah, as you say, nil-nil draw against Birmingham. I think looking at it, looking at the fact that people are fancying us to do quite well again, um, people not really fancying Birmingham to do too well, um, it could be seen as, as two points dropped, but given the performance, given it's the opening day of the season, given that we're really getting back to match sharpness, um, there, there were a lot of positives to take from it. Yeah, there was. Um, obviously, as Jamie said, uh, it was obviously an improvement on, on last year. And I think, obviously, there was a, a slight tinge of disappointment. We didn't get three points on the opening day, but that's all it was. I think you could see, you know, how much good work's gone on in pre-season. It just, the, you know, the fitness levels weren't weren't quite there to do it for 90 minutes. Um, there's some really good play at times, and I think we pressed really well. Um, but obviously, couldn't, couldn't quite get, get the goal, and I think Roddy was the keeper of the of the of the week, wasn't he, in the championship? Um, I felt we could have probably tested him a bit better, but he, he came out and collected everything, and we just couldn't penetrate him, and, and that's what it was. But yeah, slight disappointment. But on the whole, you know, it was a pretty good performance. I think once we get our energy levels back up and our fitness, and we're a bit sharper, then you know that's a win, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if if you look back at the season, at the end of the season, it probably is two points drop, dropped. But if you apply context to the here and now, it's, it's game one. We were on a better side. We we deserve to win. And obviously, we, we put Birmingham as bottom in our one in our one to twenty fours. But they didn't look like a bottom side. They certainly won't be up there fighting at the top end of the table. But I think that they came here with a game plan. Fair play to Eustace, and and, and they came away and and they came away with a pretty valuable point. At, to, to start their season and and also that, that they are opening day specialists I, I look back at their previous opening day results and they got results against Brentford and Norwich and well, Brentford twice they got, got a, a win away at Sheffield United last season so I think uh, George Reddick referred to them as the opening day specialists so to to, 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 to get a, a point at home to them is uh, probably going to be a, a good point in the end Yeah as you say um Looking back at the game, good, exciting football. Um, we'll, we'll go on to a minute, sort of a, a few players in particular. But on the whole, possession um, possession is going to be a big thing. Considering last year we we were bottom of the possession stats, this season starting it dominating the ball. I guess we could say playing through the thirds a bit more. Um, saying last season we, we, we were quite direct in, in how we how we played and. No, that's not a negative at all. It's it's what worked for us, and and we, we, you know, the athleticism was brought in to to play off that direct kind of style when we did create in the final thirds using our more technical players. But this year, it, it seems that there could be a change of emphasis, playing through the thirds a bit more. It'd be interesting to see if if that happens against Burnley again. But you know, Jordan Clark, Luke Freeman, players that that looked to play between the lines and and saw a tremendous amount of success through that. Yeah, Jordan Clark was brilliant on on Saturday, and Freeman as well. It was a brilliant debut for him. And but I think we were saying saying between us the other day, 
Jordan Clark just looks brilliant. And it's like great to see him getting off the mark. Not off the mark, but you know, get hit the ground running and and contain his status as the world's best free signing. And yeah, and we've been playing some brilliant football as well. And I think it's I'm I'm excited to see the sort of change in style that we're gonna have this season because Joseph said we wanna be playing more possession based football. We wanna be doing more of what we know that Jones is good at, like, getting Luton teams to do. Obviously, last season was a little bit more, as you said, like, long balls and out of better better off the ball. But now I'm hoping we're going to see a lot of better play on the ball and dominating possession. Yeah, I, I love this little, like, auxiliary number six role that Jordan Clark was playing. I mean, we, we signed him as probably an, an attacking midfielder slash sort of right midfielder and he, he sort of filled in at wing back in, in his first season and now he's sort of being that deepest line of the three and he's sort of almost like a, a, a mini Perlo. It's sort of it's sort of crazy in a way because you, you don't see Jordan Clark as this defensive midfielder but the way he can bring the ball up the pitch, the way he can sort of spray the ball left and right, it's sort of in hindsight it, it, it could be a, a really good role for him. And the way he won the ball back as well was brilliant. Like, I was a few, exactly. th- three or four good tackles that he put in. And I was like, bloody hell, he's, he's looking brilliant already. Yeah, and, and he's by no, by no means the strongest player on the pitch. But off the ball, tactically, I think he's a very smart player. And, and I think he, he knows where, where to be at the right times. And he, he certainly won't won't win all, all of the duels. But even if it's as simple as stopping counter-attacks or just sort of tr- trying to hold a team off a little bit. I mean, I think he, uh, he it was hit him against Placetta in, in, in the first half, where Plech- I think uh, Placetta was sort of near near our box and he basically just harassed him back to the halfway line. And that, that was the stuff that he was doing um, all game on Saturday. So in terms of a, of a first first game there for him, I thought it, it was fantastic. It's interesting. He was pretty sharp as well, Placetta. He was pretty sharp, I yeah. thought. Yeah, he was. By far their best player. He's just, you know, he, he had the best of a Brie, really, most of the game. And um, I thought he might have hurt us, but thankfully he didn't. But yeah, Clark mm. handled him well as well. So, yeah, yeah, just going back to, to Jordan Clark there. Um, it's, it's interesting that it's only now that we've played him in that sort of holding role, uh, given how versatile he is, adaptable, the amount of positions he's already played for us. But it, it's a position that makes sense when you look at these traits. You look at what he brings, he's, he's you know, intelligence, he's tenacious off the ball as well. Um, playing through the thirds, as I mentioned before, he, he can create from deep as well. So it's it's a little bit of a surprise that he, he's able to, to play in that role with such effect, like he's always played there. But at the same time, when you look at what he brings to a game of football, it does make a lot of sense. Another player we'll, we'll go on to here. Uh, another really, really good performance. Dan Potts um, had a real strong pre-season. Um, position that, that most Luton fans have, have wanted to strengthen, I guess, that left-sided centre-back role, given Naismith's uh, influence last season, uh, given that you know that there is this sort of notion that, that we are looking to bolster our defence. And naturally, it does look like a left-sided centre-back will be the, the way we do go. But Dan Potts has stepped in pre-season was terrific and put in a real eye-catching performance again um, you know defensively very very strong winning his headers winning his uh, ground duels but also progressing the ball forward and, and hitting channels but also 
playing into into the midfield and progressing the play like that. So I guess the question is, can he can he sustain that? Is there you know a possibility that that Dan Potts could be our, our starting left sided centre back for the whole season? I hope so because I think everyone knows that I've not been the best. I've not been his biggest fan, but I've always thought he can. He's, he's brilliant in the air, and like I'd love I love to see when he comes on like late in games because he he pretty much wins everything. If it goes near him, he's going to win it in the air. And so I'm I'm really hoping he can push on and become our you know a mainstay in the you know as centre back because he looked good and and it could almost be like a a new signing really because. He's gone from left back where we're, you know, I'd say we're we're pretty sorted there now, and so with him at centre back, it could be a really good fit for him and a good way to keep his place in the team. Uh, I think us us as Luton fans just have to accept that actually, okay, he's not going to be as good as Cal was last year. He's not going to be the championship's best left side centre half, but. In terms of being smart in the market, if there's no one out there, there's no one out there, and it, it, there seems there seems to be this little project of trying to trying to get Bell to, to to fill in there as well and Potts to to be there, and and I think it it shows that we don't need to go out and, and spend some money, and I'm, I'm sure obviously that the board have shown that if if there is the right the right type of player in the market that, that's available, then they will definitely back Nathan to bring bring that player in, but there's there's by no means any sort of desperate need to, to sort of spend over the odds on the player. Yeah, I've not been his uh, his biggest fan, but yeah, I think Bill is right. In pre-season and, and on Saturday, he did really, really well. Um, he surprised me a little bit, but the only slight concern is if, if he becomes, com- whether it's complacency or he just can't keep the levels up for the, throughout the whole season, I guess. Um, there's definitely a player there and I think in the last year, year and a half, that's been his best position. Um, and you're not going to be overly worried. Um, it's not the end of the world if we don't get somebody else in. But I think that's, you know, I prefer to get somebody else in, but we'll just see what happens, I guess. Yeah, an interesting situation to, to keep our eyes on. I'm sure it's uh, something that will continue to dominate sort of the Luton social media landscape as well. Um given if he can continue these performances, then it will be a real, real good question coming into the end of the window. Um, one other player we got to mention, I think somebody briefly mentioned, but Luke Freeman just oozes class, doesn't he? What a player. Um, if he can, you know, put, if he can translate that first 30 minutes across an entire 90 as the season progresses, we've got some player on our hands. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a player that, that money can't buy if if that's Luke Freeman at 26, who's had had two or three consecutive seasons at this level, he's going to go for 10, 15 million quid, and it, that obviously is money that Luton can't afford. So to bring someone of of of, of that ability into into the club for free, he probably isn't on as, as much wages as as people seem to think. Uh, I think I saw either a QPR fan or a Blaze fan saying that if if he can keep him fit and get. 25, 30 plus games out of him, then you've got a, a multi-million pound player in your hands and he, he showed that exact quality. I've, I've not seen a player at Kenrith Road just be able to have a ball stick to his feet as much as Luke Freeman did on Saturday. Just the, the way he seemed to get himself out, out of trouble with, with ease and yeah, it, it, it was a joy to watch and especially as someone that we've that we've rarely seen really in pre-season to just to be sort of thrown into the 
or seemingly thrown into the starting eleven like that. That to them put in a performance like that was fantastic. And then such a, such is the, the strength and depth that we, we managed to replace him on sixty minutes with with Cordy Woodrow. So you, okay, it, it's a different type of player, but it's, it's it's by no means a worse player to 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 be on the pitch. So it just it just shows the sort of squad that we've got this season. Yeah, it's also it's also a good time to mention that, that three players missed out for for injury. That that sort of injury curse that we spoke about last season continues to strike. Alfie Doughty after a real strong preseason. Um, Reese Burke probably consider him maybe as our, our first choice centre back if if you have to go for one. Um, two very very good players that that you know could have added something else, but we've got that strength and depth now to 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 be able to adapt and to be able to deal with those those kind of problems. Um, we'll, we'll speak here now about the, the forward department, something that, that I guess is one of the more interesting departments within the squad, given the, the sheer amount of quality now we've got within our strikers. Colton Morris and Adebayo started. Um, Colton, Colton Morris played, in my eyes, very, very well. Um, offers all these different traits up front. He's, he's powerful in the air. He's, he holds the ball up. He links the play well. Technically very good. He runs in behind. He showed that all on, on Saturday to me. Um, Adebayo wasn't at his best. I don't think it was quite as disastrous as, as people made out on Twitter. Um, people question his attitude. I think sometimes things didn't work for him and his head went down. But in my eyes, it wasn't as disastrous as, as people made out. I don't know. That's something you boys echo, or or if you've seen something different. Yeah, your thoughts on on maybe the commentary we've seen across social media. I think you you need, like Jamie said earlier, the context of the situation at the moment is that not everyone's fit. The levels aren't and fully there at the moment. We haven't had a full pre season. I know people see see that as an excuse, but it was evident to see on Saturday we had certain certain performances that kind of dipped. Um, you know, Freeman. He put in a good performance for most of the match, but his levels dipped, and we're going to have that for the next five, six games. And I think we've got to set our expectations as that we're going to have some indifferent performances. We're going to have some quiet spots in games um, until we get our fitness levels up. Um, and you know, people will say, "Well, the professional football is this, that, and the other." But this is the situation we're in. We've had a really, really tough couple of years and heavy schedules in the championship over the last few years, and. You know, a, a shorter pre-season this year um, hasn't helped that. We just got to be patient with them. I think you can see in spots that, you know, the quality that all their players brought on Saturday, um, and they'll they'll come good. I don't question anyone's attitude though. I don't think that's in question. We'll go on from Birmingham. Luckily, we don't have to play them again for a while. Um, team that have caused us a fair bit of trouble, and it would have just been. Typical Birmingham to, to have clawed a goal through Troy Deeney late on, but fortunately enough, it wasn't it wasn't their day either. Um, we'll go on to a bit of a transfer window update today. We've actually brought in two new forwards. John McAtee first of Grimsby Town tore up, I guess, National League last year in terms of his uh, goal contributions, but also in terms of his all-round play, a really intelligent forward to play as a number nine or as a number 10. It'll be interesting to see his development this year back at Grimsby if, if he is, well, if, if Paul Hurst opts to use him more as a number nine or number 10, it'll be interesting to see. But then when he comes back as well, I guess the first question, Jamie, is is 
do you think it's the best decision to, to let him go back to, to Grimsby Town? Of course, playing upper division now, you see that as natural progression? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, th- I think I tweeted on, on, on the announcement that it's just another example of why Gary Sweet and obviously the various people that, that work behind the scenes, that, why they're, they're geniuses. I mean, he's, he, he's a really highly rated sort of 20, 23, I think he is. So he's, he's, he's at a good age in terms of he's, he's by no means war at 18, 19, but he's, he's got a few games behind his belt. Um, and as you say, he's, he's stepped up from the National League to, to League Two now. Uh, probably going to be playing for a side that will end up sort of mid-table top half in League Two. And uh, it, it's also some somewhere that he knows. I mean, I think it seems a bit pointless to then send them out to even a, a sort of a, a lower half league one side that is actually he's then got to adapt to a new environment and adapt to a new style of play. He's, he's back at home for a club that he, he clearly has uh, a club that he clearly holds dear to his heart just because he because the club gave him a chance and it's a style of play that he knows as a manager. I think Paul Hurst he played under at Shrewsbury and Scunthorpe, so a manager that he knows really well. So I think in terms of the environment for him to to sort of to sort of be be best set for League Two. It's a, it's a great it's a great place to be, and and we've got someone um, for a a, a, a small ish fee. Um, and I, I think I was saying to a dad when I when I got home earlier today that we're now becoming that that sort of club that we used to hate about five six years ago. The sort of club that used to just poach a few of our players for cut fees, and we we, we always used to be gutted that. That that they, they used to go and and we we are now that club so it feels um it it feels good to, to sort of see how far we've come. Steve and he's he's a player that that scores goals he creates them he commits defenders you know he's no uh, famous Nathan Jones quote he's nowhere near his ceiling um there's a lot to like about this move and again he's going to be playing his trade in League Two this year going to be well. Eyed is that they're what they hope to be another talisman. So, you know, big ambitions for, for what he can do this season and then hopefully a big pre-season for him and, and kick on with Luton. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy that he's he's joined back uh, Grimsby to have the season on loan. And it's going to be, I think we're all going to be sort of closet Grimsby fans of this season now watching him. And I'm, going to be, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye. I've always had like a, a sort of, soft spot for Grimsby and and not not that much but you know it's like a I always like like to look out for their results and now it's going to give me more of a reason to because I just want to see if uh how, how McAtee's doing and and yeah I'm I'm very excited by this and and I'm I just yeah I can't wait to see what he does this season and I'm I'm hopeful well, I think everyone will be hopeful that he's gonna kick on and be able to be in the squad next season. Then we'll go on to the second edition of the day. Another really exciting one, but one that, that we've been, um, one that we've been pretty much knowing would happen uh, pretty soon. I think it's gone on longer than the most would have anticipated. But Ian, coming to you about Arabin Peppel, um, you know, apart from that contagious smile he's got, looks like a good footballer as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the uh, highlights reel of him, his goal scoring ability has, has been passed from pillar to post over Twitter, and you know they're not the cleanest of goals, are they? But if you, aside from that, if you look up at his his hold up play and his strength and his 
ability to work it in the box. He's, he looks like a really good football, obviously. Raw, I think he'll slot straight into that development squad pretty well. And I think Nathan intimated that he's he's been really impressed with him since he has been training with us. So, um, yeah, looks like another shrewd signing. You know, big lad. Uh, and hopefully we, we can you know, get him up to speed as soon as possible. I think we've just got to see how he settles in. And obviously he went to Gaddafi in, in Spain and I don't think he really settled there. So hopefully he comes back here and settles in well. He's had a few good trials as well at Sheffield United and Leicester, I think it was as well, wasn't it? Um, so, you know, people obviously can see his talent. Um, and frankly, he's with us now. So let's hopefully just bolster that development squad. And is that what you two, uh, Jamie and Stephen, is that what you anticipate will be his sort of next year with the development squad? I know it's looking initially that it will go into the development squad, but, you know, do you think there's scope for maybe in January or even beyond, even before, that, you know, a, a Yeovil town kind of loan might come to fruition, a, a non-league loan where they can go for a month and, and see how he fares? Do you think that's something that could come to fruition soon? Yeah, maybe. I think it's a case of, of wait and see at the stage, just sort of give him six months of us just to see how he how he sort of bleeds into the team. I mean, he, he certainly, I, I, I can't see him breaking into the, into the first team squad because it's probably the, the, the area in our squad where we're probably the, the heaviest in terms of both quality and, and numbers. Um, but no, for sure, we can give him till January. I mean, and who knows what happens in January, right? We all know that there's potential bid looming over us for Adebayo. So if, if that happens, then we've, we've got someone potentially there to to step in. Or if not, then he, he can go out and get a loan. But it, like Ian said, it's, it's exciting to bring in him because he's had trials with Sheffield United and, and Leicester and he's got to have something about him to, to do that. And he had uh, a League One for a screen that seemed quite progressive in terms of their recruitment. The fact that they were looking at and, and I think agreed a deal for him and probably would have been been in been in their first team at League One level, so so to get him in our development squad or and in and around the place, it, it's really exciting. So maybe in January, who knows? Forest Green could be someone that 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 coming from him on loan. Um, but no, it's it's certainly an exciting one for the future. He, he seems seems very raw, but he's got all of the, the physical attributes, and I'm sure that 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 Nathan's looking for. I, I having having looked at his highlight reel it just seems like he just knows where the net is and like that's just what you kind of want he does look very raw but it's almost as if like a, a few of the goals that he's that are in that highlight reel were kind of lucky but at the same time striker needs that sort of luck and he just looks like he's going to be a sort of you know you put the ball into him he puts it in the net and like that's you know that's something that I'm I'd be quite excited to see should he get a chance and but yeah I'm I think it'll be. I'm I'm hoping obviously that he uh, gets a loan out, so again we can watch him in actual first team action somewhere. And yeah, I'm very excited by it. Yeah, do you remember been... Enoch? Enoch when he first came, Schwarmney when he first came, and how raw he was, and you know he was similar kind of playing style, and he progressed really really fast. So if there's anything of that kind of ilk, it'd be great. But. Yeah, as you say, I think all three of you used the word raw there. And yeah, I have to agree that there's there's hints of what Adebayo was like when he first came in, in terms of um, big, powerful striker that, that will hold the ball up. But he's also, from from an extended highlight reel, he's somebody that will drive at defences as well, look to commit defences, which, you know, 
only add to his game and he'll come into the development squad, but he'll train f- close to the first team, you would imagine. Um, and having the likes of Adebayo, Colton Morris, Harry Cornick, all varied strikers, all with different attributes. I think that's something that, that will only benefit him. But then, as Stephen says, you know, the best the best form of education is going out and playing games. So I think a combination of the two, where he probably stays with the development squad for a fair bit and then maybe gets a, a month well, even a January loan within the Football League or a, or a month loan within the National League, it'll be exciting to watch his progression, just like just like McAtee. Two exciting additions that safeguards the future of the club, which again can only can only um, praise Gary Sweet and the, the rest of the board for for everything that they do for this football club. Yeah, just just to add to that, it's not just the signings of of Beerman and and McAtee in isolation because. Who knows how they're going to fare in in in, in time colours? They could be flops, and 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 that could happen. But it's just for me, it's it just sort of shows promise in terms of how we are as a club in terms of not only smart thinking in terms of leagues, the fact that we've we've looked at Canada, which is quite a a, a fledgling league at the minute in terms of the amount of clubs and, and players that, that there are there, but just sort of thinking outside the box, the fact that we can bring in McAtee a year early just to avoid a bit of a, a, a wage war next summer when who knows if, if McAtee bags 15 goals in League 2 next summer, then you've got clubs like Blackburn and QPR that are going to pay him 15 grand a week because he, 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 he's a free agent. So it's that thinking, thinking outside the box. And we've got a lot, lot of those players in that sort of bracket now. I mean, just off the top of my head, we've got those two. We've got Carlos, we've got Miss Gray, we've got Fort, we've got Louis Watson. That all it takes is one for the, one of them to really take off to then be a fifteen million pound player that just out, like outstrips everything that we paid for all of them combined. So, yeah, that the, the, there will be a, a few misses amongst that lot, but the uh, the strike rate of our recruitment team is it's is been pretty high. So if we can get two, two, maybe three or four. Of that that group that group of group of lads that that actually hit hit it hit hit this level and made even higher, then we've we've got some 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 good assets on our hands. The striking options that we've got, I know we've mentioned it in the first team basis, but you look at Morris, you look at Adebayo, you look at Woodrow Cornick, then you know you, you go down a level now um, in terms of experience. At least you've now got McAtee within the books, you've got Peppel, and then you've even even further than that, you've got. Players like Josh Allen, who scored goals for fun within the development squad, Trey Lucas, Tobias Brainy. The, the forward department looks very, very exciting. And as Jamie said, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to break into first team level and have that similar level of success. But it's exciting. It's an exciting prospect to have all these strikers scoring goals. And um, it would just be nice if we could get a, a few left sided centre backs to, to complement <laughs> that. Um, It'd be nice if we had a, a pipeline of left-sided centre-backs coming through. So, uh, be interested to see. Uh, we'll go back to, we'll put our championship heads back on. Burnley away is next on the to-do list. First of all, who is going? Because I wish I was, but I've, um, as I've mentioned before, I book holidays really, really badly and I've done it again. I'm yeah. in a COVID camp, so uh, oh, not for God. me. Yeah, Friday night. Yeah, I've so, got a nice fourteen-hour day. See, so, uh, the eight a.m. up, and then I'll be back by ten p.m. So now I'm looking forward to it. It's it's uh it's not a bad away day to start the season. It's uh it's it's turf more happy place, isn't it? So that's yeah, it. That's I'll it. be there. Very excited. Good lads, good lads, flying the Oak Road hat flag. I'm sure. 
firstly, Turf Moor, not a ground we've gone to very recently, Premier League for, for a very long time. Growing that reputation in the Premier League of being big, ugly, direct, um, you know, out-competing uh, physically. But it's a, a new style of play, a new approach. Vincent Company as manager, I think their first game, they saw 70% possession against the Huddersfield side, who I know have lost two of their best players, lost their manager as well, but still their, their, their squad is, is very similar in terms of Sorba Thomas, Dwayne Thomas, uh, Sorba Thomas, Dwayne Holmes, sorry, um, two very uh, exciting attacking outlets. They've added Jack Rudoni. Um, but they've still got a good squad there. So to be able to, to dominate like they did, they're going to be a good team. I think, Jamie, we spoke at the start of the season when we saw that it was Burnley away. We thought, OK, this is this is a good thing because we didn't envisage that the project running as smoothly as it has done from the first minute, which... We, well, it's only been 90 minutes so far, but the, the signs are positive from a Burnley perspective. Um, I guess it's going to be a, a tough test, but it will, again, it will show a lot of, of where we are as a football club and, and exactly, well, not exactly, but it will show, I guess, where we are in relation to Burnley and, and what we can perhaps expect for the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. The, the, the first 90 minutes of company ball was um, was interesting, for, for sure. It wasn't the the four four two Burnley that we all came to came to know and and not necessarily love, but but understand in in the Premier League. Um, I, I think you're right. I think we, we we did highlight that game when when the fixture list came out. I think well, regardless of how Burnley are for, for for the season as a whole, it's it's good to play them early when they're not quite as as gelled and. I think that's still the case. I think they, they did play really well against Huddersfield. Um, I think we've got the added added bonus over Huddersfield that we've now actually seen them play, seen them line up and, and, and see their sort of style of play. And, I think, and I'm sure Nathan and Chris and that are, were, were, were banging heads this week in terms of how do we stop their, 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 their smart players. I mean, Scott Twine didn't come on, but he's obviously one that screams out. I thought Josh Collum was fantastic against Huddersfield. Um so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, who knows, right? A team that that is in its that is in its infancy in terms of their their, their sort of progression that that they are prone to a maybe an inconsistent streak. So so hopefully that that, that comes on Saturday. As you say, um, we don't really know about Burnley yet. We we understand that there is going to be this sort of possession based style of play, but it's hard to to really understand where they are as a football club at the moment. Of course, it was a great display, a great opener, but that is just one 90 minutes of football against, it. again, a Huddersfield side that it's hard to measure where they are after key departures. Um, but Luton being as aggressive, high pressing like we are, uh, you know, I was speaking to a Burnley fan earlier this week and, you know, it's a, a very inexperienced back line, which he's a little bit unsure about when it comes to this this upcoming Luton game. There's certainly scope for Luton to make it very difficult for Burnley and, and remind them that the Championship is a very tough league and you know it's, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, I think it all depends on whether they allow us to play or not. If we can... You know, match that if they come out all guns blazing, we match their momentum and we're allowed to play a little bit, unlike Saturday. Um, and the game's not slowed down, you know, 
we could potentially break that back for like you say it is slightly inexperienced still got um a lot of good quality in there but if we can uh play the way we want to play then there's there's no reason why we can't come away with at least a point um it should be an interesting game it'll be interesting to see how we play if if they allow us to uh, have a bit of the ball um and it depends if, if if how open it's going to be. If they come out all attacking at us, then you know we we know we can break fast. We know we're good at playing long ball as well. So it'll be interesting to see how we fare. You said there, Ian. Um, you see uh, about if they're going to let us play our game. What do you think our game will consist of? Because we've seen against Birmingham a more um, possession based start. Well, maybe not possession based, but more well, less direct more passing through the third do you think that's something that that could be a common theme this season or do you think that that we will go a little bit more direct because it's a, a less experienced Burnley back line and, and try and really apply pressure from the onset can you see that that sort of possession based style of football becoming the norm that could get well away from Kenilworth Road as well this season yeah well I think that's the uh that's the plan. That's Nathan's plan, I think. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it. Um, I'd like to see us adapt a little bit faster than we did on Saturday. We, we kept on whipping balls in the box and Ruddy was just coming out and catching them every time. And we kind of fell into that trap every time and we weren't quite confident to work it on the inside where we were in the first half with Freeman that was working it in and having a few shots on the inside. Um, so, yeah, I think so. it's just going to take a little bit of time, isn't it? You know, it's not foreign to us we've worked on it in pre-season but we've come from a full season of playing a majority long ball football and now we're you know adapting slightly um so it's going to take some work and it's going to take some time but um you know it'd be good to see how that progresses I think you know we saw on Saturday that we mix it up a little bit still and whether that's because that's the tactical plan or that's because we reverted to type because certain things weren't working I don't know um but it'd be nice to see a mix, really. I think if um, if they're attacking us quite heavily and we can hit them on the break, you know, that'd be good. Yeah, well, I, certainly. I, I as think... we said, if got him, God, sorry. Yeah, just if, if Clark can pinch the odd ball off and just whip it off in the inside, and someone runs onto it, you know, it'd be great. Yeah, I, I think just to go on that point, it's all, it all about being flexible tactically because I think Barnsley were were four two 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 off the ball and then the back three on the ball so it's all about how can we stifle them going forward and how can we try and be a threat going forward and, and I think for me what, what's really exciting and what I'm looking forward to at the weekend is the matchups all over the pitch you've got Ian Matson who I thought was fantastic on uh, well, a week Friday ago but we've got James Bree on, on that sort of right side that, that, that white wing back so, so how is that matchup going to fare I think, I think the midfield is, is going to be key it's where well, you've got Jack Cork as that deep lying sort of midfielder for that for them. So can we play a Luke Freeman or maybe do we want a, a Corley Woodrow to, to try and bully Jack Cork a, a bit more in the air? And then Josh Cullen and, and Bastian is going to be an important one. So maybe do, do we ditch Jordan Clark from the start and go for for, for a Lansby type just to sort of a, a bit more battle hardened? So it's, it's going to be interesting to see those, those matchups across the pitch. As you say, it's going to be. Some very interesting matchups. What you said there about Jordan Clark, how outstanding he was against Birmingham, is it's difficult to suggest a scenario where he is left out of the team. But given the job at hand, given you know the, the intelligence of Josh Cullen, um, Bastian as well, do we bring in a, a Lansbury type that, that will 
do a matter of course a reliable job on whoever he will be marking there's some very good questions to ask uh, also you know Doughty will he be fit will he provide that's that sort of attacking threat and really help pin Burnley back I think that's that's another um interesting development and if that if Doughty is available does does Bell come in and, and play in that left centre-back role has Potts done enough to, to earn the continued trust of, of Nathan Jones as you say there's a lot of questions to be answered and let's just hope we have a fully fit squad going into this game because it's it'll give Nathan Jones a massive headache if he does have a fully fit squad at any point this season but at the same time it'll be very very exciting to see who is that starting eleven, and the, the the options we'll have from the bench that the real game changes we could possibly have on the bench. Uh, and it seems like Lansby had a fantastic warm up today in, in a behind closed doors friendly, getting booked, and, and apparently it was a white shit house. So, so maybe that's as good a warm up for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> ideal, ideal. Looking at Burnley a little bit more detail, um, looking at their main threats, we've sort of already highlighted Martin, um, real attacking left wing back. We've seen that last season with Coventry putting some some decent enough performances. I know Coventry didn't really see too much joy against us, but the, the games that we did play against them, Martin was impressive. Um, as we said, Cullen, very, very intelligent. Um, his movement off the ball is, is you know, ranks with... with some of the best in the division from from what we've seen on the early doors. Bastian as well, a real smooth operator. Um, Barnes through the middle, of course, a, a striker that scored goals at, at championship level and in the Premier League in, in recent years. There's a lot of players to like. Scott Twine as well, a player that, that we've always wanted. Um, oh, well, some of us more than others, but we've always spoken about Scott Twine, what he can do. I know he didn't play from the start but he came on gave a good account for himself probably trying to push for, for more regular game time maybe at home might, might be an opportunity for them to to be a bit more positive and include him from the start um there's talent all around the pitch but at the same time you, you can look at this Luton squad and, and say similar things I'd say personally like for me Burnley are probably out other than us are probably like the most exciting team for me in in the championship just because of as you said they've got so much quality and they're you know it's relatively new style of play new squad new manager obviously and it I'm I'm really excited to see how they do and obviously excited for the matchup between us and them on Saturday and yeah I'd say for me like they're like a, a a team to watch this season just because it's so new it's it's like a there's a, there's a new um don't know how to say it but you know the new style of play it's a new era for Burnley so um yeah I'm I'm very excited to see how they how they go about it. and I'm I'm we're talking about how like we might match them up it, they might be thinking about how they're going to match us up because we we've obviously got quality on the pitch and that we're you know probably like a a bit of a dark horse again. Obviously, not that we don't deserve to be talked about at like the top ten of the championship. But you know, some people still might doubt us, and especially a, a, a team that's just come down from the Premier League, and they might they might have you know a little bit of doubt, and and that's that's, that's when we really thrive. So, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. I'll come now for score predictions um, again. A very very interesting one to see how you boys go for, for this one. I gave my prediction earlier to, to a Burnley podcast, so 
I'm going to unfortunately have to lock mine in again. Jamie, what are you going for Saturday? I back us, you know. I mean, certainly not not to go with three points, but I see no reason why we can't walk away with something. So I'm going to go for 1-1. Stephen? See, Jamie just stole my prediction. So I'm going to back us even more and say 2-1. 2-1 us. <laughs> Ian, can you stick on that that optimistic vibe? Uh, Jamie's done me as well. I've gone with one all. Um, I think we'll we'll show, uh, have a good account of ourselves. I think it'll be a it should be a really good matchup, really open game. But yeah, I, I, yeah I'm hoping obviously for a win. I'm always positive, but you know a draw would be a good result. I think. All right, you're leaving me to be the pessimist again. I've gone, as always, bro. As always, as always, something's going to change. I've gone two one to Burnley, but I still think we'll give a very good account of ourselves. It'll be a good game, but. Uh, yeah, as, as Stephen said, Burnley, I think, are, are one of, if not the most exciting side in the league. Um, I, I guess the, the it's in its infancy, the project at the moment for Vincent Company, but I think given what they've shown already, I, I think they'll have a strong season. I think they'll, they'll just about edge it on, on Saturday. We'll go on to the Newport game now. We'll just briefly look over the Cup game. Um, I guess it's a very good opportunity for us to filled another 11 that, that are, you know, probably very close to st- the, the starting 11, but are probably in need of a bit more game time to, to really elevate themselves into the into the first team picture. I guess we, we can see some very good players on show, but the players that, that may not see regular game time week in, week out. Yeah, I don't think the team will be too far away from what we saw today, um, obviously, I think maybe the keeper might be different. Might have Macy in there, and we might have a, a couple of more of the first teamers. But I don't think it's going to be too far away. I don't think, you know, I think as Jamie alluded to earlier, it's a very strong team. You know, I mean, it could have beaten some championship teams at lower end. You know, with a couple more additions in there, I think, you know, the likes of Piera. Um, I don't think we'll see the likes of Peppel or anything like that, but. Um, yeah, it's a very strong team. We've still got a few people that need minutes. I know Lockyer got some today, which is great. Dowie might be there if he needs minutes if he's not quite fit yet. So um, it should be a really good game. I, I like Newport. They're uh, you know a, a, another club that's progressed pretty well and a good standard of football. Um, obviously, come from the conference like us. So uh, be 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 a good game. Jamie, are there any any outlandish calls you can you can make about players that that may be involved that you'd like to see? Maybe players more to do with the development squad, or, or do you think this will be similar again to, to what Ian said? Players that that played today in that behind closed doors friendly. I think it's tough, right? Because you're going to have players that are first team that you're going to want to give give game time to, like Matt Macy, for example. Like imagine if you're Matt Macy and you're seeing Horvath starting the league, and, and then you start Eisted in the cup. It's, I think it might, might seem a bit a bit annoying to him to then not be involved at all. And then you you have players, I guess, on on the periphery. So like Tom Lockyer, which is a bit strange to call him on the periphery, but I think he is at the minute because you've got Gabe who's seemingly ahead of him, and you've got Reese Burke as well, who hopefully will be back fit soon. So. It's tough because you, you need to keep those players match fit as well. So it's it's, it's going to be a hard eleven to to name because you've got to try and weigh up all the options. But then equally, you you do want to give the likes of a Josh Williams or an, or an Avin Jones and etc. A, a, a chance. So 
like it's, it's, it'd be interesting. I think certainly that there'll be a, a few youngsters on the youngsters on the bench. Um, but you've got the likes of Max Hagarth, who we've not officially signed yet, but he was in that dev squad today. So maybe that, that, that there's a contract on the, on the table and uh, can come in from Brentford B. He, he, he want to come to Luton and be sort of in and around the first team. So no, it's going to be an interesting team to see. I think for me, with it, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot more of like a what what our first team is going to look like going forward because Jones has said we're you know we're pretty much two weeks behind everyone else because of the playoffs and with like sharpness and shorter preseason I guess so I reckon I reckon we'll see a, a quite a, a strong squad and I think Jones isn't going to hide away from from going for it. It's- an interesting one, what you say there, Stephen, about going for it, because there's, a, I guess, a real good opportunity for, for us to enjoy a decent enough cup run this year. Um, you know, we're still needing to get mi- uh, players' minutes. Can the cup be that that kind of scenario where, where we're giving those players that, that are on the fringe enough game time to continue to challenge for first-team football? I guess it could be a really good platform, say, if we get to the fourth, fifth round, you know, there's scope for that actually to happen. Yeah, definitely. And I think in, in recent years, um, we've sort of seen these Carabao Cup games as a bit of a sort of in the way because our squad's not quite been at that depth to be able to manage with sort of Saturday, Tuesday at the, at the start of the season. But our squad, well, our first team squad, then the players behind that and then with the dev squad. And that, I think we've got enough players in our in our sort of first team scope to be able to manage this sort of Saturday, Tuesday between Carabao Cup and League. So I think Nathan will certainly want to win because I think he, I think he can't afford to not have those those extra games. Um, so it's a game that Nathan would definitely want to win. And it's probably not the scouts that have headed to watch Newport in anticipation of this game to, to, to let everybody know what to expect from from Newport it's probably Josh Nurfield with the task of, of reporting back what he saw because he played 45 minutes against Newport to start the campaign on Saturday played over 45 minutes from from what I've seen came on uh, just before half time so good to see him get minutes in the league and, and open up his, his football league account uh, sorry football league debut I guess he hasn't opened up his account yet I'm, I'm sure that won't be too long but looking at Newport, a little bit more detail. Um, three players I've picked out. Omar Bogle, who doesn't fail to, to give us problems when he's played against us in the past. Um, you know, a big physical forward that, that you know, he's a, a good League Two player that, that might give us some problems if he if he's um, in the starting eleven. Also, um, Zanzala, another kind of powerful forward that, again, has this scored a couple of goals against us in the past and then then one with a pure Luton connection, Robbie Wilmot, which is rolling back the years. Um, a few decent enough players, uh, all with uh, a good level of experience, all players, though, that can continue to give people, um, continue to give team problems. Yeah, I think thinking about Robbie Wilmot is, what, probably dead on 10 years since 12. It's the first Can't thing that believe popped into that. my head when you said Robbie Wilmot. <laughs> Ten years since that. Bloody hell. Are you going to take some down with you when you attend? <laughs> yeah, why Just not? Throw, throw a couple on. Yeah. That's why I'm Time going. Time flies, isn't it? Time flies. 
But as we say, it's going to be an interesting test. See if if Robbie Wilmot gets a few minutes back at Kenilworth Road. He, he didn't play the play their league game, but you know he, he might be recalled back to first eleven duties. But again, I'll come to you for predictions. Um, I would go for starting eleven predictions, but I guess it's not really not really time to do that. Um, we haven't had the Burnley game yet, so it's quite difficult to determine who will need more minutes. But I'll just come for a score prediction and we'll change it up. I'll come to Ian first. I'm going to go with 3-0, I think. I think it'll be a positive result. Um, uh, yeah, I know you said not about team predictions, but I think it'll be a nice mix between um, development and first team. And I think you know, we'll get a positive result out of it. And then Stephen? I think, annoyingly... A draw, but we win it on penalties. I'm pretty sure it is still penalties after draw at 90 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to say they're going to give us a good, a good old, a good old go for it. But um, yeah, I'd say we. Well, I guess at the end of the day, we'll tip it. And but you know they're they're a cup side, so there's always that worry. What about you, Jamie? I'm going to go for. My favourite, 2-0, 1-0 each half. I'm back back in Luton, which is crazy. I don't think we've had that this season. Um, I'm going for 2-1. Again, I think we'll, we'll show enough quality to, to win it and, and probably be comfortable. But I think maybe we go in 2-0 up like Jamie thinks and, and maybe a, a later pressure is applied and where we've got a more youthful squad, we might bridge one goal. It could happen that way but I'm sure I'll be far from it if you look at my 21-22 predictions with um, Mike Simmons with the prediction table yeah I was I was very very bad but that's that's probably why I shouldn't be as pessimistic anymore because it gets me absolutely nowhere well that is it for today a big thank you to the three of you for joining safe travels to all the hatters going up to Turf Moor this weekend and for the home fixture in the cup against Newport, which you know should be two good tests for two different reasons. Of course, as always, check out our socials. Twitter, we are at Oak Road Hatter. Instagram, we are Oak Road Hatter Pod. And we're now on Facebook, as we've mentioned a couple of times now, again, at Oak Road Hatter. Also, if you like our content, our, our audio content, our podcast, then make sure to rate us on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until next week, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.